everybody, welcome to Scorpio and Jackals at the Movies, right here on YouTube, and we're going to have a fantastic lineup for you guys for the very first debut show of our movie review, and uh, right before we get to that, I want to really announce to everybody who's watching for the first time to please hit the subscribe button, notification, give us a thumbs up if you like what we talk about. It's very important for the algorithms that you guys uh, participate. Comments below on what we talk about and what we discuss. Because these uh, movies, you know, it's uh, meant for everybody to enjoy. But everybody has their own perspective on these things. And it's all subjective. Now, me and Scorpio here go a long time. And uh, we are movie fanatics. So this is going to be a very, very good one. First movie on the lineup tonight is going to be the one and only. The one that fans... And friends of ours have been waiting for for a very long time. Snyder Cut. You know what I'm talking about? That's right. The Justice League, Zack Snyder Cut. And, uh, man, uh, this movie has been in the wings uh, for years, literally. Waiting for Zack Snyder to come back and uh, finish the edit. And he finally got the job done. And it wasn't theatrical, but it was something that, well... Yeah, I think it uh, blew a lot of people's expectations. So let's take a look at the uh, clip. So... The Justice League was one of the first movies to come out this year, and I'm not going to lie, I mostly just watched it because it was there. You know, my quick history on this, Man of Steel I thought was a better movie than some people gave it credit for, but not the Superman anyone was looking for. Batman vs. Superman came off more like just a music video more than a movie, and after the kind of C- minus, you know, paint color by numbers Justice League version that came out, I was pretty much done with anything Zack Snyder touched as far as superheroes. I had... Zero interest in this, but the Snyder Cut was so loud. Again, almost as my watch, just so I could talk about it later, basically. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, where's my fork and my big old bowl of crow here? Because I must say, I'm a believer after this. Um, you know, his vision was definitely a lot different than the original and a massive improvement on what came out first. A lot said about the nearly four-hour runtime on this thing, but if you really do enjoy your superhero movies and your superpowers... Those hours are actually pretty darn well spent. This thing really does tell an epic, spanning superhero story. Would have made a great, you know, intro for all these characters that they did bring into it. But, you know, more than anything else, what I got to say is Zack Snyder, he really, really gets the physicality of heroes. You know, they come off. Everything they do is larger than life, hard hitting. These were superheroes brought to life. Four hours very well spent. I really did not like what Joss Whedon did with uh, Justice League. And I will say that after watching the four-hour cut a couple times, because I fell asleep a couple times in the beginning, it's a very long movie. Uh, but I will say, once I got through the entire thing, it is a better movie than the uh, Justice League we got through theatrically. Uh, I always wondered, you know, I, once I saw it, I started wondering more. But I, I was wondering, why didn't they go theatrical with this? And then I saw it, and I was like, oh, well, now I understand, because it's a really long movie. And uh, it really plays like a matinee, where you have it in sections. And uh, it's 
interesting the way they did it. I am, you know, a little bit more open to them doing maybe more sequels in this thing. Uh, you know, maybe a Justice League 2 with Zack Snyder. Now, it's it, amazing that the way technology has changed from when we were young. Now you have all these, uh, you know, streaming uh, platforms like HBO Max. So you could actually have this uh, play out longer you can enjoy, you know, a little bit more of the storyline, so it's not as rushed, which I think was what was missing uh, in the Man of Steel and, and Batman v Superman. They felt a little too rushed for me. Uh, I didn't really enjoy the cast as much, uh, and I still don't like the cast too much with, you know, that's because it's the same cast. Uh, but I will say this, though. I do like what he did with Superman a whole lot more than what we got with Joss Wheaton cut. And, uh, you know, uh, look... I was one of the biggest people that complained when I heard that Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. I was like, that's blasphemy. But after watching the movie, he actually was not bad as Batman. Not my favorite. I still prefer, you know, Christian Bale and Michael Keaton. Uh, but I will say this. Ben Affleck is uh, was worthy of uh, getting the role, and he did a good job in the movie. So did uh, Henry Cavill, who I really enjoy in Tudors and uh, and the the Wicker or the Witcher. Um, you know, I, I've seen uh, some of his work in the past, and he's gotten a lot better since uh, he did Hellraiser, which was a kind of a disaster in itself. So you know, I really do enjoy uh, the fact that. He has grown into this part, and I hope that the studio does give him another a chance to Men of Steel too. And uh, you know, with that said, uh, is there anything in the movie that you didn't like, though? Not much. No. What I really didn't like more is just my opinion towards it. Um, the more I've learned about this, the more I actually really feel bad about how hard I was, how hard I was on the Snyder Cut idea. You know, um, learned more about. You know, it wasn't like a studio or an interference or fighting type thing was actually yeah. better. He had family issues and things that were going on, very, right. very sad things that made him step away from the project. Um, so it wasn't even necessary that they didn't like his vision. That you know, forced him away from it. So the more I learn about that, the more I do feel kind of bad about being, being so hard on it. It sounds like we both um, had to kind of reevaluate some of our opinions on some of the yeah, things. Yeah, you, you know, I, I am, I'm 100% with you, and I think a lot of uh, some of, well, not a lot, but some of the issues... Uh, that might have been there with the assembly cut because I know that Warner Brothers wasn't too happy when they got the initial assembly cut for this movie. Um, I think might have been because of the personal issues he was having, so he kind of left it a little bit messy. And you know, I don't want to get into too much of the what happened because it's very personal. And uh, you know, our condolences to uh, Zack Snyder for what he went through. Uh, but I tell you what, once he got in there, and I know he got a huge budget from AT and T and Warner Brothers it was like around eighty million. Uh, to complete this thing, and the budget definitely went a long way. Now, I did have issues with some of uh, you know the the storyline, like the mother box idea, and some of the things kind of like were a little iffy. Uh, but I will say that once you watch the entire cut, I, I agree. I mean, I was a little too hard on on this entire Snyder cut thing. And uh, I, I, like I said, I, I eat crow, man, and uh, I don't mind uh, admitting to it. And this is one of those times where I, you know, I do believe that there may be room for this on HBO Max. 
and there's room for everything. Now we have the multiverse. You know, you have different alterations and in, in different you know uh, universes, and uh, we you know we have Matt Reeves Batman coming out soon, and we have TV Superman. So everybody has a chance to play in their own play field and, and their own playground. And for the fans of Zack Snyder, I'm sure you agree, Scorpio. Uh, you know, this is a perfect thing for them uh, to have on HBO Max going forward if they want to continue. Now, do you think they're going to continue this? Because I'm, you know, I'm 50-50 on this. I, I mean, I've heard both ends of the spectrum where they might continue, they might not. What are your thoughts on that? I haven't really seen one thing out there that makes me believe they're actually going to continue with this. I think they've already taken too many steps in other directions. Uh, well, which is just a shame. You know, we, we mentioned some of the differences here. I feel so bad for non-superhero fans who watch the yeah. original Justice League version. Like you mentioned, the mother box ideas. Like, so much of the DC comic stuff, if you weren't a big fan of it before, when you watched Justice League, it made no sense whatsoever. Right. And then actually expanding on it now in this version, I think was a little better. Like, if you put the time into it, a lot of that made a lot more sense this yeah. time around. Um, I still don't like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, though. I mean, that, to me, is the worst casting in, in movie history. Uh, or at least top five. I mean, there, there's probably been a couple of worse castings, but, you know, uh, Jesse, uh, you know, if they would have cast him as Jimmy Olsen, I think it would have been <laughs> excellent casting. But we all can't have what we want in life. That's the way, you know, things are. So, I mean, I give the movie out of uh, a five-star rating, I give it three and a half. What's your uh, take on that? I tend to go by letter grades. I'm looking at like a solid A here. Maybe a couple oh. things that hold it back for me, like, you know, a true A+, plus, but I think this is really, really worth the time. Well, if I had to go on uh, alphabet scale there, I'd probably give it, like, a B-, minus, which is really good for me. Anybody who's, who knows me knows that a B- minus, uh, for one of these Zack Snyder films uh, in the superhero genre is pretty good. I think the only movie that I have reviewed of his uh, that got an A was 300, and Watchmen was very close. I gave it an A minus. I really enjoyed Watchmen, especially the comedian death. You know, uh, in the beginning, I thought it was excellently shot. One thing about Zack Snyder, and I know that you definitely will agree with this, he has a tremendous eye for cinematography and for getting the right shot and making it look really comic booky, and uh, not in a like cheesy Batman Forever, Batman or Robin type of way neither. Like it feels like you're really living in the comic book, which I think it's uh, pretty well done, especially in something like this where it's a four-hour cut, so you really get to, like, you know, really immerse yourself in the uh, in the overall product. So you give it an A-plus, uh, you said? Yeah, an more a? or less an A. More or less an A. All right, well, that's pretty good. I give it a B-minus. So there we go. That's our uh, review of Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. The Snyder Cut. The famous Snyder Cut. Uh, now, our next movie we're going to talk about is one that I actually have been looking forward to for a very long time. I know Scorpio here is uh, going to uh, really enjoy this clip. It's Godzilla. Ah, that's what I call a good old-fashioned monster mash. <laughs> yes. So, Godzilla versus Kong. Um, if you're looking for, you know, like a movie with a, a coherent storyline, um, maybe not, maybe not your first go-to. You know, starting with some negatives here, I think it's real easy. If you're the kind of person that 
picks apart the internal logic of a movie, this one's going to drive you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about just like little things. You know, there's all these things they just kind of forget about, you know, so the movie can happen. Like, hey, we're on this boat, but we have to stop moving or Godzilla will realize we're, we're alive again. We're not playing dead until we don't have to anymore. Or you need a giant spaceship to get to the center of the Earth until you don't have to anymore. There, there's a lot of things that would drive that kind of person nuts. Um, I don't want to come off as too easy of a grader, but I, I think something like this also does what it says on the tin, Godzilla versus Kong. Um, if you're able to shut your brain off and not be too movie snob about it, I think you'll have a lot of fun with this. I mean, come on, Godzilla and Kong, they're literally like, Kong is fighting with a giant spear with like a Godzilla tail as his weapon, and he's like supercharging it with his breath so they can fight a giant robot Godzilla. Uh, one of my biggest real negatives there, definitely not enough Mechagodzilla. Um, that concept as a kid always amused me. Again, you know, lowbrow stuff. You're just, Robot Godzilla is a cool idea. <laughs> you know, something like that you want to see a little more of. But if you just want to watch some monsters bash his brains out, you've come to the right place. You know, I have to agree uh, 100%. This, this is going to be probably one of the few shows we agree, I think, on most of these movies. Uh, but I, I, I am with you 100% on this one. I really enjoyed this movie a great deal. It actually reminded me of my late friend, Dennis Crenshaw, who was the Hollow Earth Insider, who passed away earlier this year. And uh, he always was talking about Hollow Earth. And I think he, he would have loved this movie because it really deals with a subject that he was always into. And I love the fact that, you know, we got to see where Godzilla and King Kong and the origins and they really, you know, dealt with not just the, the fighting between the two monsters, but when you see Kong in his, in his initial environment, you really see the, the character almost like a human being. And uh, it's, it's very, uh, you know, uplifting to see the fact that he reacts in almost a humane way at certain times, even though he is a monster. The fighting sequences are brilliantly shot considering the size of these, you know, monsters. Uh, but what I do like is it's better than the the last Kong movie that came out. Uh, it's probably the best American-made Kong flick. Uh, Kong flick. Anyway, it's probably the, the best one I've seen of all of them. And the visuals on this thing is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the, the color spectrum, the way they show the inner earth, uh, they really go all out on the visuals on this thing. And, you know, CGI is something we've seen plenty of over the last 30 years. It's, you know, gotten better and better and better. But we've seen a lot of CGI now, and they really did a nice job on the side. I'm pretty sure that you agree that the CGI was just like, uh, it was almost out of this world, even though it was, in this world, inside the world, but it almost felt like otherworldly. They really did a nice job on that. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a beautiful movie. It's really very pretty. Yeah. All all the color schemes, the lighting, and everything mm -hmm. that all looked really great. Um, I appreciate that they went full frontal with it too. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I <laughs> <laughs> true that. <laughs> yeah, Godzilla movie... had no shame. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. The movie probably had more plot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I Just leave it all out on the table. Just, you know, go full on crazy with it. That's what I appreciate out of this movie. It probably had a little more plot, actually, than I thought it was going yeah. to. But look, I, I don't need that out of this. I don't want this movie being nominated for too many Academy Awards. You, you don't need actors like Brian Cranston in it. It doesn't need any big speeches or monologues. I don't need to care 
about the human characters for this. I really don't. It's a popcorn movie to me. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted out of it. You know, I, and it's funny you say that because that's one of the things that that I really believe dragged down the last uh, Kong movie and the last Godzilla movie. They tried a little too hard to tell, you know, a grand story, and it just fell apart 20, 30 minutes in. Uh, this one was more right into, like, you know, what was happening and, and really showcased the action as the main and most important part. The cast was really good. But at the same time, they didn't really, like, you know, spend too much time overdeveloping the characters. They just went right with the monsters. Because at the end of the day, this is a monster flick. And uh, I like the fact that when they're fighting, it really has, like, that throwback to the old Godzilla monster movies, the old Kong monster movies, but with a whole lot better-looking visuals. Because, you know, back then it was, like, guys in rubber suits. And little miniature buildings and stuff. We don't have to uh, have that worry anymore. Again, with CGI, you can do all kinds of uh, amazing things. And uh, the the cast. I mean, what were your thoughts on the the cast on this thing? You thought that like at least they did you know a pretty good job on uh, on the flick. They had their moments, I guess. You know, they had to say a lot of cornball lines and things. Of course, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they delivered their cornball lines well enough to get us back to the action. Yeah, no, I agree 100% there. Uh, I would give this one, if we're going to go on the alphabet uh, scale, um, I'd give it a B. I thought it was really good. And uh, again, uh, I'm very harsh on these movies. I I rarely give A's uh, to monster movies. But uh, this was actually one of my favorite ones, believe it or not. And I give it a, a solid B. And yourself? I'd probably give it a higher grade based on getting what you want out of it and also doing what mm. they accomplish. So if you're trying to grade them on what they set out to do, they'd probably get a pretty high grade. But, you know, fair is fair. Just grading this as like a movie. Look, B minus. B minus, B minus, monster movie. That's what you want, though. That's what also, you pay for. I, and that's what you get. I enjoyed it a little bit more than you then, I think. I think you're a little, all things considered, a little easier on it when it comes to some of the technical aspects or the actual yeah. movie aspects. But, no, I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of this movie. Yeah, no, it was definitely a good movie. And like I said, it surprised me. Uh, because the last two iterations of these two characters, I really didn't enjoy at all. And I'm a throwback. I like the old, you know, Japanese, Hong Kong move, monster movies, you know, from the 70s and, and 80s. And... uh uh, I was not, you know, I was hoping that at least the technology would be better, obviously. Uh, but I was uh, hoping that they that they really captured the essence of those movies, and I think they did. But when they really added the uh, inner earth, uh, you know, that really got to me because again, it uh, it hit me right here, you know, after losing my friend, and uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie a lot. And I wasn't expecting that because I purposely stayed away from the spoilers. I didn't really uh, follow, you know, the online chatter. Uh, because that can really corrupt, you know, your your overall enjoyment. I think of these movies uh, personally. So, so they go. I give it a B, solid B, and you give it a B minus. So, not too far off for the first two flicks. Pretty good. Uh, now the third movie uh, in our list here this week, and that is the Suicide Squad. Here's the deal: we fail the mission. You die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth. Hardly. Although, that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. 
and now in this era, this day and age of endless sequels, reboots, remakes, I don't think it's unfair at all to review movies a little bit by comparing them to other movies. Like you said, this is at least the second Suicide Squad movie, the third Harley Quinn movie, technically. So comparing this to at least the first Suicide Squad movie, I think I actually did like the first one a little bit better, mm. actually. Um, but it also depends what you want out of it. This is probably a much better Suicide Squad movie. Uh, the first movie was probably more of a better, like, you know, DC movie, DC action movie. Now, your first one, you had, you know, the Batman in there, the Batman Joker interactions, the Batman Deadshot interactions. And I thought a lot of this stuff was actually really, really good. I'm almost ashamed they couldn't follow up on some of that a little bit more. But the Suicide Squad themselves get lost in the first movie a little bit. And they're a little more, you know, color by number, paint by number superhero movie. Whereas this one, you definitely see the director's influence a lot more. You know, this feels like one of his movies. And I think, again, you kind of get what you pay for here. You should get what you're looking for here. You know, when you think of the Suicide Squad, especially if you're a fan of the comics, you're expecting some more off-the-wall characters. You're expecting a lot more violence. And you're going to get that here. I have to agree. You definitely do get a lot of violence. Uh, The one character I loved was the Weasel. Uh, because it reminded me of Pauly Shore, Weasel. Uh, but you know, I I didn't enjoy the movie a whole lot. I think it had parts that I did like, uh, but it felt too much like they were trying a little too hard to be like um, Suicide Squad means Guardians of the Galaxy when it comes to like you know the way they mix the humor because it's a James Gunn movie. So I think because of that. Uh, kind of took away the enjoyment a little bit. I do like Harley Quinn. I think that the uh, Mar- you know Margot, uh, what's her name? I, I always lose her name. Um, oh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah, uh, her last name always escapes me for some reason. Uh, but uh, I thought she is you know perfectly cast as Harley Quinn, uh, and she is really the best part of the movie. Other than that, there's some parts that I really didn't enjoy. It wouldn't be a movie that I repeat a whole lot. Didn't like John Cena as a Peacemaker, even though I know he's going to come back and he's doing his own Peacemaker movie. Uh, it was uh, The way he plays the character is a little too cheesy for my take, even though it is a cheesy character, but I think they're trying to make him more like a Shazam type of like comedic type of character, and it just, uh, you know, I don't like his acting too much. Uh, the overall cast, it was okay, but I mean, I, when I say that I like the Weasel the best, that's not good because he's barely in the movie, <laughs> and I don't want to get spoilers because we don't do we're not into too many spoilers on uh, these uh, review shows. But I think the the weasel being my favorite character is troubling for me on this one. Um, other than that, some aspects were better. I really didn't like the original Suicide Squad at all. I didn't like Will Smith or any of the uh, the actors in it. For those roles, something against the actors themselves, I just didn't like them in those parts. Um, this one had a little bit better of a cast. You know, Pete Davidson is in it briefly, uh, and the Weasel again, very briefly. And those are probably like the funniest characters in the movie. Uh, other than that, the action sequences were kind of lame. Um, it just felt a little too rushed, uh, and I didn't enjoy quite as much. But I'll say this. It was better than the first. I'll give it that much. Personally, I give it a C minus, which is probably the lowest grade I'd give any of the movies. Uh, oh, that is the lowest grade I've given any movie this week. Uh, what are your thoughts? What, what, what would you grade this one? Um, I'll go B 
fun but forgettable would be my mm. overall here. Um, would you what? watch it? Does that repeat viewing for you, though? Yeah, I'm not rushing to see it again. I think I'll watch it at least once more someday. You know, mostly for the places where I disagree with you on. I thought the action mm. was a lot of fun. The um, the big surprise there with one of the main, more violent action scenes. You find out at the end they don't know exactly who they're fighting. You know, that's not going to surprise you the same way the first time. But it was a lot of fun, and I actually, despite myself, enjoyed John Cena in this. Um, didn't mm. like him in the fan Fast and Furious movie too much. Um, was not really to see another re- wrestler turned actor. Wasn't too excited <laughs> for that, but. He had a deadpan delivery of his lines. If you need him to say some cornball crap and wear a colorful costume, he's got the career. He's got the resume. He can do that. I thought he pulled it off well enough for this. Well, uh, I'm not a big John Cena fan, and he can't see me saying that because he's too rich and famous. So he'll never probably see me. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I know they're going to push the Peacemaker movie uh, pretty heavily now this uh, upcoming year. And uh, we'll see what you know where his career takes off and where this character takes off. Uh, I don't know if James Gunn is going to come back. Have you heard anything about him coming back? Because I haven't really heard if he's going to do another one or this might be just one and gone. Not one I followed the chatter on too much. Um, I think the Suicide Squad they still want to keep trying to make happen. Also, I think their bigger issue that the thing that comes out of this movie is what they're going to do about Harley Quinn. You yeah. know, they're trying so yeah. hard to make Harley Quinn happen. This is. Uh, you can see why Harley Quinn's one of the most fav- like you know popular characters. Um, yeah, Harley yeah. Quinn I think has almost gotten um, too popular for her own good. You know they've they've turned her into anti-hero into basically hero. I yeah, like, one of my pet peeves. I hate when a villain gets too popular and they have to kind of start nicing them up and they start taking those taking those steps there. So it's already happening to Harley Quinn. But if you look at the movie she's been in so far, not all that successful really. To tell yeah. the truth, and even in this one, you know, they, they basically try and give Harley Quinn like a mini movie in the middle yeah. of it, where all of a sudden the action kind of stops and becomes like just about her doing like the side quest. So they're trying really hard to make Harley Quinn happen, and I can see why, but I don't think they're having as good of luck with that as they want. Did you enjoy the, the Birds of Prey movie that she was in? Not so much, no. Well, yeah. Kind of fun. I, I, again, I'm probably a little easier on it than some other people, and it had fun parts. I didn't think my time was wasted, but probably the least one. I'd probably go back and watch it was on Suicide Squad before I'd watch Birds of Prey again. Yeah, yeah. That, I really didn't like that movie, which is a shame because I, I enjoy her as Harley Quinn. But if, for whatever reason, and while she is really perfectly cast, I think, for the role, they still have kind of like, I think it had a lot of missteps with the characterization. And the way they write the character. And I think you're right. They're turning nice her up a little bit too much. And she's supposed to be a little bit more of like, you know, just evil, like wicked, you know, while being playful and clownish. But I think they're trying to, a little bit too much to make her into like a America's sweetheart. And this mm-hmm. just doesn't work for the character, which is the one uh, real drawback, I think, from uh, this movie. It's it con- considering how important this was going forward for not only the character but for all these characters because they're trying to world build here with uh the suicide squad and and probably branch out and get and give individual like movies like peacemakers getting his own movie she already had you know kind of her own thing but i don't know where they're going to go after this one now myself uh I, like i said i'm very iffy if I ever watch this again. It might be something that I, yeah, I might watch it one day when I'm really bored and drunk. 
not sure. Uh, but I really I just I don't think it's uh, worth repeating. So, you know, it's one of those things where it might be just a one and done for me. And uh, I am looking forward to seeing what uh, James Gunn uh, does with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 or 3.5, whatever they're going to call it, because he always comes up with goofy names for that. Uh, but I think he's better suited for that galaxy than he is for this galaxy. So there you go. Uh, if I could, let's please both go ahead and dedicate this one to Mr. Dennis Crenshaw. I couldn't help but think of him during all the hollow scenes during the Godzilla Call movie as well. Really lucky yeah. to have known that, man. This one's for you, Dennis. Yeah, and you and I go a long way, Scorpio. We've been, we've been friends for a long time, and I know that you were there from the beginning when I met Dennis. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he was a big part of our, uh, you know, baby steps when it came to doing, uh, you know, podcasting. And uh, we we're all going to miss him. So wherever he's at right now, I know he's probably looking at some movies of the inner earth, or maybe he is somewhere like in the Tetherrack, like in, uh, uh, you know, the the uh, Christopher Nolan uh, Interstellar movie, there, you know, the fourth dimension. And he's looking at all time and space, and he's like, I knew it. There is an inner earth. <laughs> I guarantee Much love to Dennis. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Again. Well, I guarantee you, wherever he is right now, he's still looking for answers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that said, everybody, thank you for joining the show. And once again, like I said earlier, please hit the subscribe button. Give us a big old thumbs up. And uh, notification It's really important. That way you are notified when we come up with more videos like this. And uh, whatever you do, please don't forget to comment below. Thank you all for joining us. Till next time, take care, everybody. Damn good show. Oh,